Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with our match reaction series as we dissect Arsenal's memorable win against Manchester City in the Community Shields. I'm delighted to be joined by nobody. Nobody today, unfortunately. TC's in the office. He's got bits and bobs to do there, so he's a bit busy. Um, Charlie, he's just back on holiday, so he's just basically checking his email. So it's me. You've got me again, folks. I'm flying solo, but it's not a bad way to be on your own after a fantastic victory against the treble winners, Manchester City at Wembley in front of uh, a capacity um, crowd, 80,000 or so. Fantastic victory. And what we're going to do this morning, we're going to dissect the positives, a few negatives, which looking back at the game yesterday, there weren't many, to, to be honest, and what it means going ahead to the upcoming season and for our potential title challenge as we look to basically go one better than last season. But let's take a few of you guys' comments um, before we start this morning's show. Um, many, many people watching uh, across YouTube and Facebook, so thank you for joining on. Uh, Marcus, hope you're well, my friend. Space Shadow in the YouTube comments. Morning, mates. Uh, Stevie, also in the YouTube comments. Hello, Matt. Uh, Junior, good morning. Um, Gunafino and Amira. Um, and wherever you're joining, wherever you're watching from, um, thank you for jumping on and dissecting and assessing a fantastic Wembley performance. So let's kick things off. What, what a win. What a win. I think overall, when you look back at the performance yesterday against a very good Manchester City team, and I know you can keep talking about the fact that they're two weeks behind in their schedule, in their preseason preparations. But if you watch that performance again for, for the duration of the 90 minutes, Arsenal, I thought, were fantastic. I thought Arsenal were really, really good throughout the whole game. Maybe the final 25 minutes or so towards the latter stages of the game, they, they got a bit fatigued. There was a bit of tiredness creeping into the game. But I thought throughout the whole majority of the whole game, I thought Arsenal were very, very good. It was a mature performance. It was a performance where I look at it, Arsenal basically, they weren't scared of Manchester City. And I go back to last season, the game against um, Manchester City at the Emirates. We were very good for parts of the game, 20 minutes or so, um, where I think Eddie Nketiah had a couple of chances where on another day he puts down the back of the net and we probably get the onus uh, to win that game. But that game, I think, was decided on mistakes. That game was decided on Manchester City being a bit more clinical. When you take into consideration the game at the Etihad, Manchester City just blew us apart, if we're being honest, if we're being completely honest. I think Arsenal got stage fright in that game at the Etihad, but there was no stage fright uh, yesterday at Wembley. I thought Arsenal, when you when you talk about, we'll, we'll speak about the likes of William Saliba, etc. But when you talk about how much we dominated Manchester City on the ball, the way we evaded their press, the way we kept the ball, I think in very good areas, we created great chances when on another day, Kai Havertz puts both of them in the back of the net and we're comfortable. We're comfortable. Again, maybe it's one area in his game where he probably needs to improve. 
but we'll speak about Kai Havertz because I thought if that's the kind of performance against the treble winners where a lot has been said about your position, your £65 million signing, you've come from a new club, your favoured position predominantly is going to be in that midfield and you, you, you get chosen to be the number nine against Manchester City and you put a performance at that level, I think there's, there's so much good to come from Kai Havertz. But yeah, I just I, I looked at the performance overall and Arsenal, they looked they looked a very, very good team. And it's crazy to think about it because pre-season, it's been a mixed bag. There's been certain performances against Manchester United where we weren't that good. The pressing was not the best. The passing was a bit laboured. We made mistakes defensively where we probably shouldn't have. You go back to that game against Monaco, again, defensive mistakes. But I thought against Manchester City, if this is the performance that you're going to take into a new season, this is the perfect performance. And I'm not saying it was a 10 out of 10 performance. No, 100% it wasn't. But it was a performance that was at a very, very good standard, a high standard, an 8 out of 10, I would say. Because, yeah, maybe we never created that many chances but we did create two key chances in terms of Kai Havertz potentially scoring. I think there's another opportunity when I thought Ben White crossed the ball in and I think Bakaya Saka miskicked it. And I think that that was a good chance as well. And on another day, Bakaya Saka hits that and we score. But I thought Manchester City, the key thing for me is when we go into these big games against Manchester City, it's like a tactical battle between Pep Guardiola and Mika Arteta. Like... I think, I think, I'm not sure who said it post match, but someone, I think it was Declan Rice. I think Mikel Arteta basically said in the dressing room that these games against Manchester City are like mini games, mini games across the pitch. You have to win your battles, you have to win your duels, you have to basically be on it tactically throughout the whole 90 minutes because Manchester City, they've got so many variations to their game and they can switch it up. Like Manchester City, for the most part of that game, I thought for the first 25 minutes, I thought they were very good. Then I think Arsenal came into it. They they got a bit more confident. They started asking for the ball more, the likes of Declan Rice, Martin Odegaard. They tried stamping the authority on, onto proceedings and they looked far, far better. But I think when Erling Haaland departed, uh, I think when he got substituted, and I think when Kevin De Bruyne came on, I think Manchester City got that onus back and they si- decided to basically look much, much better. But the key thing for me when I look at Arsenal across the pitch now is the physicality. It is the physicality. Prior seasons before, seasons gone by, we've had players which are big, we've had players which are strong. But when I look at these teams, they're physical. They they look like men. They're not boys anymore. You look across the pitch, you look at two centre-backs, for example. William Saliba, for me, in the comments, folks, can you name your better centre back? Can you name your better centre back than William Saliba? You see teams spending left, right, and centre eighty million pounds for uh, Josko Gavidol. Um, how much is William Saliba worth? If, if this kid's worth eighty million pounds, William Saliba surely has to be worth 130, 140 million pounds because that performance yesterday against Manchester City, against Erling Haaland, against Julian Alvarez was insane, was insane. William Saliba, on par with Aaron Ramsdale, was my man of the match. 
was my man of the match. The thing about William Saliba, he's always in cruise control. He is always in cruise control. I think it was towards the end of the game when I think he took on three players. And I was like, wow, this kid is actually a Rolls Royce. This kid is actually a Rolls Royce. Like, he's so calm. His temperament is so calm. He Nothing phases him. Like, the thing I like about William Saliba, if you want to give him a race, like, if you want to try and beat him for pace, he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. William Saliba's got that in his locker. He'll take you that way. If you want to be more physical with William Saliba, bring it on. He's got that strength in his game. William Saliba, the way he evades the press, beautiful. The passes that he was playing into midfield, ridiculous. I think it was one pass that he played into Martin Odegaard. I, th I think it was, um, I think I, think I can't remember, it was in, into Martin Odegaard. And it was a beautiful pass on the front foot. And that basically just basically what it does to Man Manchester City's midfield, it opens them up. It opens them up. And William Saliba, for me, not much is said about William Saliba as being up there. People keep talking about, I'm talking about opposing fans here, by the way. They keep talking about the fact that, oh, Arsenal fans, they keep saying that William Saliba, if he didn't get injured, they would have won the league last season. It's not a bad shout, though. It is not a bad shout at all. Because the facts and the stats speak for itself. When William Saliba was in Arsenal's team, Arsenal were flying. Statistically, they were on top. Performance-wise, they were on top. They were getting the points. They were getting the wins. Defensively, they were solid. When he was out of the team, what happened? We crumbled. And the facts speak for itself. William Saliba is Arsenal's best defender. Without a shadow of a doubt. And that's no disrespect to the likes of Gabriel, etc. But when William Saliba plays in Arsenal's team, I'm calm. Nothing. I don't get worried in a way. I'm not thinking to myself, ah, this, this could be a bad day. This could be a bad afternoon. I'm calm because I know what he's capable of. And again, we talk about the fact that we've signed Declan Rice, Urian Timber, Kai Havertz this summer. We've signed Bakaya Saka to a new contract, Aaron Ramsdale, etc. But the best signing we've made this summer for me is tying down William Saliba to a new contract. Because for me, if he stays fit for the duration of, of the upcoming season, we could see a special season taking place again. That's all. Um, another positive, I think, against Manchester City, Urian Timber. Urian, Urian Timber. This kid can play right back. He can play centre back. He can play left back. And... You know a kid is talented when in the 20th minute or so he loses his boot and again, nothing is phasing him. Nothing is phasing him. But all jokes aside, Urian Timber, fantastic. You talk about valuations of players, sensing an opportunity in the transfer market, buying players for good fees, which... Not many people know about, but they can come in straight away. They can fit in the they can fit the philosophy of the team. They've got characteristics that are right for this football club. The perfect example for me is Urian Timber. On the left hand side, I thought he was fantastic. 
defensively I thought he was strong I think the only reason why he got substituted in that game I think again it's down to fatigue I think Mikel Arteta wanted a different option uh, he wanted to bring Kieran Tierney to basically um, solidify that defence a bit more but I thought Timber was honestly amazing defensively he won his duels um, going forward I thought he was fantastic and one thing I like about Timber the most again variation He's got so many uh, styles and strengths to his game that you look you look at that player and he would be comfortable playing for Manchester City. He would be comfortable playing for Liverpool. He's so versatile. He's so so versatile. And the, the what I like about Urien Timber, he's got that housery to his game. I think at one point it was Bernardo Silva, and Bernardo Silva was running in on goal. And Urien Timber, I think the referee doesn't see it. Urien Timber clips him. He stops the play. He stops the play. And obviously, if the referee sees it, it is a foul. But he didn't see it. And that's what I like about his game, that the dark arts. And I spoke to a Dutch expert before we signed Urien Timber. And he basically said the same thing. While Urien Timber is a fantastic player, while he's got so many strengths to his game, while he's defensively strong, while he's got that progressive passing, one thing that many people don't look to his game and don't compliment is, is the dark arts. Is the dark arts. And I looked at that performance yesterday and he likes a battle. He doesn't mind if he's up against a Bernardo Silva or Jack Grealish or an Erling Haaland or whoever it is. He thrives on that competition. And for me, again, a top, top performance. And I thought he was fantastic. Our four years, fantastic. Ben White, he needs to get his um, a, a round of applause for me because I look at teams continually on social media and I see Arsenal fans predicting their best 11, for example, for the upcoming season. And I keep seeing Ben White not being included in these teams. Sometimes I see Urien Timber out on the right. Sometimes I see... Um, Takira Tomiyasu instead of Ben White and I'm thinking to myself ignore the phone by the way it's the landline but I keep thinking to myself why is Ben White not included why is Ben White not included because for me Ben White starting is Arsenal's best right back he's Arsenal's best right back defensively he is solid but I like the fact that his partnership with Bakaya Saka is so fluid it is so fluid. That's Arsenal's best partnership on the right-hand side, Ben White and Bakaya Saka. And until I see anything different, which obviously can happen because we're evolving, we've got different options in our locker now, but until I see something different, for me, Ben White's going to start continually, week in, week out. The fact that he kept Jack Grealish in his locker, in his pocket, sorry, it says it all. Jack Grealish couldn't get a sniff in that game. He couldn't get a sniff. Ben White is well. What I like about Ben White is his energy. Up and down, up and down, up and down. The right-hand side. That is fantastic. It is fantastic. And one bit of play, I think it was the pass that was played into him. And it was a beautiful touch. A beautiful touch to take it past the Manchester City defender. And he plays a nice ball into Kai Havertz. I think Kai Havertz misses that chance. Um, unlucky not to score. But again... Ben White's got so much variation to his game. So much variation. 
And the thing people love the most about Ben White, he gets the job done. He gets the job done. He treats football as a 95. He treats football as a 95. And that's what I love. Do your job. Keep a player in your back pocket. Bob's your uncle. Game over. You take the win. You take the points. It's another day for Benny Blanco. It's another day for Benny Blanco. But no, honestly, I love Ben White so much. He's a top, top player. And I think yesterday, um, his performance again was fantastic. Um, let's talk about the midfield. Thomas Partey and Declan Rice, we need to wrap them up in cotton wool. We need to wrap these two up in cotton wool alongside Martin Odegaard because I think briefly we we'll speak about Odegaard. Fantastic performance. Fantastic performance from our Norwegian superstar. Like, honestly, the touches, the flicks, that one turn that I think he he done in the game, I think he went past Mateo Kovacic. And I think Kovacic tried fouling him at one point. The flicks. No, no, it was that touch. It was that touch. That touch, I don't know how uh, Martin Odegaard done that. The ball comes in the air. And I'm thinking, there's no way Martin Odegaard's going to control this ball. Like, how can you see so far, up, far, far up? And he brings that touch down. He brings the ball down. I'm like, wow. This kid can do anything. This kid can do anything. But again, it was a great performance by Martin Odegaard. But for me, let's speak about Declan Rice. Let's speak about Thomas Partey. Keep these two fit for the duration of the next campaign. Arsenal will be Premier League champions. Arsenal will be Premier League champions. I'll tell you that for a fact. I'll tell you that for a fact. Arsenal, the team yesterday... Maybe the best lineup you could probably say Gabriel Jesus could be included in that. Maybe Alexander Zinchenko, but I think Alexander Zinchenko and Timber, that's going to be a fierce competition between those two because I think there's not much between them. There is not much between them. Maybe you look at Zinchenko and he's probably a better footballer than Yuri and Timber in terms of in terms of ball possession, in terms of progressive passes, in terms of playing that inverted left back role. But defensively, Yuri and Timber is a better defender than Alexander Zinchenko. So again, fine margins within that position. And then you look at Gabriel Jesus. He's probably Arsenal's best number nine, if we're being uh, completely honest. But the midfield, the midfield. In big games, when you go to Anfield, when you go to the Etihad, when you go to the Old Trafford, Champions League nights on a Tuesday, Wednesday, say, for example, at the Bernabeu, or one of the big rounds, Allianz Arena. The midfield three of Thomas Partey, Declan Rice, and Martin Odegaard, they have everything you want. They have everything you want. They have control. They have strength. They have physicality. They know how to play the ball forward. They know how to play on the front foot. And they're progressive. They complement each other so well. They can do they can do what you they can do whatever the manager asks of them. And a lot I said about Thomas Party throughout the whole course of this transfer window. Or oh, maybe it's time to sell him, etc. Maybe uh, an option like Romeo Lavia would be good. No, we're going for a Premier League title. A Premier League title. And Thomas Party is gonna have a vital part to play in that. Experience for me is key. Having a player who knows Mikel Arteta's philosophy, the way he wants to play week in, week out, what he can offer 
from a technical point of view. Thomas Party, I think technically he's, he's fantastic. Defensively, I think he's strong. And I know a lot of Arsenal fans may be a bit frustrated with that mistake yesterday, the way uh, Phil Foden, I think it is, he turns past Thomas Party. But let's make a point here. This gamesmanship rule that the officials have basically implemented for the upcoming season, it is nonsense. It is nonsense. Because, okay, fair enough. If you want to be by the book, how on earth has Rodri not been booked in that game against Arsenal? He's kicked the ball away. He's stopped proceedings. He's fouled. He's not been booked. If you're going to start booking players for kicking the ball away, one metre away from where a player is standing and start like brandishing your yellow card just because you want to be the centre of attention, like, do something better, ref. Come on. Have a bit of common sense. If Thomas Party kicks a ball away and he hoofs it away or he kicks it at a player, book him. Book him. It is justified. But if he just taps the ball away, that is not a booking. That is not a booking. And that's the reason why Manchester City scored. That's the reason why Cole Palmer scored. Because, for example, if Thomas Partey is not on a booking and Phil Foden turns him, Thomas Partey is bringing him down. Thomas Partey is bringing him down. <laughs> like, he's taking that booking for the team and he stops Manchester City's counter-attack and Manchester City don't score. But he can't bring Phil Foden down because he's, he's already on a booking from a yellow card, which, in my opinion, is not justified. So come on, referees. Use your common sense. Use your common sense. Because for me, that is not a yellow card. And Julian Alvarez, he done the same thing and he got booked as well. That's not a yellow card. The referees, they're going to cause themselves a lot of criticism if they continue with this rule when the season starts. Because I, I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it. I like the rule in terms of adding uh, time on after the game in terms of time wasted, in terms of goalkeeping, taking times with the kicks or or stuff like that, time wasting. And I like the fact that it's added on post-match because I think that's the right thing to do. But these rules in terms of gamesmanship, um, booking players because they kick the ball one metre away from you, yeah, I, I, I don't agree with it. But Declan Rice, Thomas Partey, keep them fit. Keep them fit and Arsenal will have a successful season. I thought Declan Rice... Solid performance. What I expect from Declan Rice in terms of winning duels, pressing well, working hard. But again, there's more to come from Declan Rice. That was nowhere near his best performance. That was nowhere near his best performance. And at times, I saw him breathing hard. I, I, it, it might be me, but I saw him breathing really, really hard. But that's the standard. That is the standard where we are. We are Arsenal Football Club. We are competing with the best team in the world as of now, Manchester City. So no disrespect to West Ham, but he's going to be tired. He is going to be fatigued. So look, Declan Rice, it was a good performance. Thomas Partey, another good performance. But if we keep them fit, we will have a successful season, in my opinion. Aaron Ramsdale, look... I've seen pictures of um, David Raya post-match. Apparently, he was with uh, 
Yanlet is probably watching the game. And it was interesting because Aaron Ramsdale, for me, he keeps Arsenal in this Community Shield final. He keeps them in this final. I think the first save it is a bit lucky because it, it ricochets off him and it could go anywhere, that shot. But you make your own luck in football. You make your own luck in football. What I like about Aaron Ramsdale in that situation, he's big, he makes himself big, he stands up tall and he makes a save. The second save for me is a world-class save. It is a world-class save because it's reactive. Aaron Ramsdale in that situation, he doesn't even have no time to think because Rodri's header is so quick, it is instant. And he has no time to think. And he's basically away from the near post. He's away from the near post. And he basically has to basically take his hand out and palm it away. But it's a strong hand. It is a strong hand. So, look, fantastic, fantastic save from Aaron Ramsdale. And there was a lot of doubt when it gets when it gets to a penalty shootout. Can he save a penalty kick? He done it against Monaco. He's done it against Manchester City in the Community Shield. And I know it's not the best of penalties from Rodri, but look, he saved it. He's in the right position. He goes the right way. And is a very, very good save. It is a very, very good save from Aaron Ramsdale. And that's what I like. Competition is going to increase a lot in this Arsenal team. And say, for example, this move for David Raya does get completed. It does go over the line. We've got two top goalkeepers that basically week in, week out on the training pitches at London Colney will be giving it their all to basically be number one for this football club. And you look at Aaron Ramsdale, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. But what he needed was healthy competition. What he needed was healthy competition. And say, for example, if Raya does come in, I still think for me, Aaron Ramsdale will be number one. He will be number one. Unless he makes a mistake or he doesn't perform at the level required for Mikel Arteta, then I think Arteta will have a decision to make in terms of changing his number one. But Aaron Ramsdale, he's a very, very good goalkeeper. He is a very, very good goalkeeper. He makes saves in key moments and he's a big game player. But all he needed was healthy competition. And it's good. It is good because he'll learn a lot from David Raya and David Raya will learn a lot from Aaron Ramsdale. And we need that. If we want to be winning the biggest trophies, the Premier Leagues, the Champions Leagues. We need a squad of 23 players, 22 players, which can compete against one another. Yurian Timber and Alexander Zinchenko, a fascinating competition that's going to be to see who gets that left-back inverted position. Ben White, Takiro Tomiyasu, again, interesting. The defence picks itself for me, Gabriel and William Saliba, the Arsenal's best defenders, best centre-backs, they start every single day of the week. The striking, the attacking um, positions, we'll speak about Leandro Trossard because for me, he's been Arsenal's best player in pre-season. He's been Arsenal's best player in pre-season. He impacts games. He scores goals. He makes good contributions in terms of assists, key moments. And you look at Leandro Trossard, if you don't have a number nine, if Gabriel Jesus is not fit, can he do that role? Yes, he can. 
if you want to displace Gabriel Martinelli for a certain fixture, if you want to take him off, who can fit that void? Leandro Trossard. Versatility. He can play off the left. He can play as a number nine. He can play on the right-hand side. He can even at times play as a midfielder if you want to basically score a goal. So we have so much versatility to our game that I don't mind David Raya coming in and competing with Aaron Ramsdale. And I was so happy post-game, all the celebrations, everyone ran to Aaron Ramsdale, especially with that interview that he done recently with the Players' Tribune. I think he deserved that moment. He deserved that moment. And look, if David Raya does come in, Aaron Ramsdale will thrive on the competition. He will thrive on the competition. So, so we love to see it. Um, a lot of comments regarding my um, refereeing point. Just going to see it. Uh, let's just bring it out. Uh, I really disagree with you. Kicking the ball where it should be yellow card every time. I really welcome this rule. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I respect that opinion. It, it depends on me. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I just think it's a bit harsh when because it's always going to happen. It's always going to happen. And if you say, for example, kick the ball away twice, twice, for example. So say, for example, Partey done it once, he got booked, and he does it again, he gets sent off. Is it justified? Is it justified? So I think at times the referees need to be not by the book at times, but I understand your point as well. But I think it was a bit harsh, to be honest. But look, we'll agree to disagree. And that's what this show is for. We welcome everyone's opinion. And obviously, sometimes what I say is not going to be right. So look, we'll agree to disagree in terms of that. Um, that's as well in the comments. Um, you can't criticise the referee for applying the rule above kicking the ball away. Players have been told just to leave the ball alone. Players got to learn. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's let's see how it fares um, during the opening weeks of the season. I think we'll, we'll realise more when the first few games take place and if players keep persisting with kicking the ball away and if the referees continually start brandishing the yellow cards. So it'll be interesting to see um, when the new season kicks off. Um, Leandro Trossard, brief mention for him. <sighs> This guy impacts games. This guy impacts games. And I think I saw a lot of talk on social media before the transfer window began that Arsenal, if they get an opportunity to sell a player like Leandro Trossard, they should basically do it. I saw people say that on social media. And I was thinking to myself, it's a bit, it's a bit crazy to be honest, because when you buy a player for a minimal fee, let's be honest, it was not not that much when you talk about the fact that there's extortionate prices in the market already. So the fact that we got Leandro Trossard for a very good price, Premier League proven, someone who's already proved that he's capable of playing at the highest level, international player, got that international pedigree, but someone for me that can impact games. And what I like about Leandro Trossard, he's someone that, for me, look, everyone will want to play week in, week out. Everyone will want to start for this football club. Because if you don't, then 
questions need to be asked. But what I look in terms of Leandro Trossard, he's not going to be screaming and he's not going to be shouting and he's not going to be doing interviews in the media if he's not playing one week, if that makes sense. Because he's going to get minutes. He is going to get minutes. Say, for example, if Gabriel Martinelli is not having a good game and basically it comes up to the 60th minute and we need something different, Leandro Trossard will come on without a doubt. He'll have 30 minutes to impact the game and he's proven time and time again he can impact games off the bench. I think Arsenal have lacked that. I look at someone, for example, like Eddie Nketiah, I think that's something that he needs to improve on. One area of his game that he needs to improve on. When I think, when I, when Eddie Nketiah starts games, I think he's very good. He causes defenses problems. He's a nuisance and he can score goals. However, when he's on the bench and when Mikel Arteta calls upon him, I don't think he does enough in terms of impacting games, in terms of getting vital goals off the bench. So I think that's one area that he needs to improve on. However, Leandro Trossard, he can do that. He can do that. And impacting games for me, it's not necessarily just scoring goals. It's creating chances, creating goal-scoring opportunities, changing the, changing the narrative of the game. Say, for example, if you're performing badly or if you're performing poor, do something different. Add a different dynamic to your game. And I've seen it continually with Leandro Trossard. He does that. When he starts games, he makes a difference. When he's called off the bench, he makes a difference. Whether that's assisting, whether that's scoring goals, whether that's creating an opportunity for the likes of Saka, Gabriel Jesus. And for me, he's been Arsenal's best player in preseason. Best player in preseason. And I think Mikel Arteta has a dilemma on his hands because, again, you talk about that goal yesterday against Manchester City, forget about the deflection. Forget about the deflection because, again, I keep talking about the fact that you make your own luck in football. The drop of the shoulder from Leandro Trossard, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Nine times out, nine times out of ten, another player could basically rush that shot or basically make the wrong decision. But in Leandro Trossard's mind, the fact that he's so intelligent as a footballer, he takes his time. He waits for the opportunity. He drops the shoulder and it allows him that space to have that shot on goal. It allows him that space to have that shot on goal. And obviously you make your own luck because it deflects off a kanji, I think it is, and it goes in the back of the net. But he's got that in his game. He's an intelligent, intelligent footballer. You talk about the fact that Mikel Arteta, who played Nottingham Forest in, in uh, four days' time, he's got a, he's got a decision to make. Because for me, Kai Havertz, he was fantastic yesterday. We talk about the fact that if he had that performance against a Manchester City team, whoever Kanji, John Stones, Ruben Diaz, and he puts in a performance in terms of being physically dominant, linking up with the midfield, linking up with the likes of Bukaya Saka, being on the end of chances, but being unlucky, in terms of not putting the ball in the back of the net, what can he do with a few more games in this position? He can do a lot, in my opinion. He can cause a lot of damage. So I think that was a very good audition for Kai Havertz in that number nine position. And when you when I compare him to how he is performing for Chelsea, 
in that position, in that number nine position, much, much improvement already. Much, much improvement already. The goals will come because if you're in, if you're on, like, if you're near the goal, if you're in the final third and you're basically there and thereabouts, the goals will come. Just be in the right position at the right moment and the goals will come. And I think Kai Havertz for me was fantastic. But if you if you're asking who I want to play, who should play um, as the number nine on Saturday, Leandro Trossard. I think I think he deserves to start against uh, Nottingham Forest. But again, we have options now. And we have options. Um, we'll speak about the psychological boost in terms of what this means for Arsenal. Look. It is a community shield. It's a friendly to most. But for me, the most important thing yesterday was to prove that we could be Manchester City. And say, for example, we lost on penalties. I would not have minded. I'll be honest. Because of the fact that I looked at the celebrations after Leandro Trossard scored that goal and it was a sense of relief from the Arsenal players, from the Arsenal management, from the backroom staff. Like, we've got what we deserve in this game. We've proved over the course of 90 minutes, we can go toe-to-toe with the treble winners. We can go toe-to-toe with the Pep Guardiola team. And we can go and score against a Manchester City team and basically cause them problems, cause them issues. A penalty shootout it is a lottery. It is a lottery. Anything can happen. So, again, if we lost that final on penalty kicks, I would not have been phased because what impressed me the most was the performance, was the mentality of the players, was how we can compete with this Manchester City team. And Mikel Arteta would have said the same post-match if we had, say, lost. He would have been impressed. He would have been positive, And he would have said to his players the same. Boys, you proved that you can compete with this Manchester City team. Round of applause to you lot. But what we've done, we proved that we can win against Manchester City. And psychologically, that does a lot. And I don't want to hear criticism and abuse and people mocking us for celebrating. We've beaten a Manchester City team, which won the which won sorry the Champions League last season, the FA Cup and the Premier League title. Yeah, we've beaten them in front of eighty thousand fans at Wembley Stadium. Yeah, after scoring on the ninety seventh minute to level the game, and we've beaten them on penalties. If you can't celebrate that, why are you watching football? Why are you watching football? I think opposing fans for me now. They're intimidated by Arsenal. They are intimidated by Arsenal. And for me, I've said it continually. I keep hearing shouts of Liverpool being talked about for the upcoming campaign. Chelsea being talked about for the upcoming campaign. Manchester United being talked about for the upcoming campaign. The Premier League title race it is going to be between two teams. And I'll say that now. I'll say that with my chest. It is going to be a fascinating title race again between two teams, and those two teams played yesterday at Wembley Stadium, Manchester City and Arsenal. They are the best two teams in England right now. Tactically, 
I can't see anyone better than Arsenal and Manchester City, if I'm being completely honest. They play the game like a chess game. Like a chess game. And the winners between these two teams, more often than not, are decided by fine margins. Take away that game Manchester City beat us in um, last season, 4-1 at the Etihad. I think that was just basically stage fright from Arsenal. I thought we, we weren't at it. But play Arsenal's best 11 and Manchester City's best 11 and the game will be decided by fine, fine margins, if I'm being brutally honest. Fine margins. And I think Arsenal, what they showed yesterday, they'll be there and there again in the Premier League title race. And I think it's going to be a fascinating, fascinating season for this football club. And it gives me confidence that we can go one better because the recruitment that we've basically done in the transfer window has been fantastic. We look more stronger. We've, we look more... We look ready to go, in a way. We've got over that hurdle last season of basically falling short, in my opinion. And these players, they're hungry. They are hungry. I saw these captions post-match by the likes of William Saliba, Declan Rice. Captions on um, their pictures on Instagram basically saying, first of many, but we're hungry for more. We're hungry for more. And these players want, want to make history. They want to make history. And enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride because I think this is going to be a special season for Arsenal. Um, and I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, but we'll take a few of your guys' comments before we wrap up. Let's see what we got here. James in the comments says, heard we have agreed a fee with Forrest for Turner. Any news? Yeah, James, I think that's the talk within the media right now. The Arsenal have agreed a fee with Nottingham Forest for Matt Turner. David Raya was at Wembley um, yesterday to watch Arsenal play against Manchester City. So I think you should see news developing in terms of that deal um, probably later today. And I think Matt Turner will be heading to Nottingham Forest um, and we'll be bringing in uh, David Raya. So look, it is an upgrade. It is an upgrade. And again, we talk about the fact that when there's an opportunity to recruit well in the transfer window, when there's an opportunity to buy a player, which is at a good standard for a good fee, you have to take it. And Arsenal have done so uh, with David Wright, it seems. Um, what else have we got here? What else have we got? I'm just reading the comments. Viraj in the comment, loving the landline comment. <laughs> Old school, definitely. Apologies if anyone heard the landline. Um, bro, let them. Lloyd in the comment says, I can tell you right now, Chelsea and Spurs fans are killing themselves over that statement. See, and Arsenal go out again this season. Look, I'm biased for my football club. I've been biased before. I've been deluded before. And I say that with my chest. When Arsenal were not good... I kept putting Arsenal in um, title challenges, like title races, sorry. When Arsenal were playing bad when the season started, you have that hope, you have that expectation when you go into a new season. Look, my team's going to be in a title race. 
this is the season my team's going to win the Premier League trophy. But sometimes you need to be realistic. And as I've got older, I've understand I've understood that you have to be realistic. And if Chelsea fans and Tottenham fans are killing themselves over me saying that Man City and Arsenal are the two best teams in the Premier League right now, I don't think that's a wild statement. Like, tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. Because for me, I look at it from performances. I look at it from a tactical viewpoint. There's not many teams better than Arsenal and Manchester City in Europe, let alone the Premier League. Tactical point, viewpoint, they're the best. They've got so much um, variations to the game. Two of the best managers, I think, in Europe, in the league. Two of the best squads in the league, in Europe. Standout players, players that can make an impact. So, Chelsea fans, they've got a good manager in Mauricio Pochettino. But again, it's going to be a season for them where they'll have to evolve. They'll have to basically basically be accustomed to his tactics. And it's going to take time for them. And in terms of Tottenham, I'm just waiting for Harry Kane to, to, to depart. And then, yeah, Tottenham fans, their world will come crushing down. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, 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 yeah, Damien proves my point. Man City didn't have a shot on target until the second half because Arsenal were fantastic for 60, 65 minutes in that game. Arsenal were very, very good defensively and going forward. It was a complete performance. But again, it doesn't mean that we can't do better because we can. There's more levels to come from this team. I'm just excited to see how it unfolds. Um, what else? What else? What else? Marcus asks, who is your front three versus Forrest? Um, Martinelli, Saka, and Leandro Trossard. That's my front three. Um, what else have we got? Viraj says, thoughts on Shua Atwell being selected for a final. He's had one of the most controversial records in English football. What is going on? I don't know, Viraj. I don't know with the referees in this country. Um, look, let's, there needs to be improvements with refereeing, I think, in this country because, again, the fact that VAR is now implemented to the game, I still think they, they make a lot of hiccups, these referees. I still think they, at times, want to be the centre of attention. Um, there's a few referees, I think, in the country which I think are very good. Michael Oliver being one of them. Um, I think Anthony Taylor, he's a mixed bag. I think when he's on it, he's a very good referee, but he's got a, a few hiccups in his game as well. But again, it's going to be interesting to see how these new rules are implemented because I go back to, I think it was a few years ago, if, if you guys can remember, um, there was a new rule at the start of the season. It was a foul rule or something like that. And I think John Moss was the referee. And Granit Xhaka, he basically brought down a Swansea player. I think it was Barrow. I, I think I can remember that. He brought him down on the halfway line. And he wasn't even last man. He wasn't even last man. And he got sent off. It was a straight red card. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that a red card? Xhaka's not even last man. There's about three, four players... <laughs> in defence, in terms of cover, and you basically sent him off. And that rule died down. I've seen similar fouls take place, um, games after that. 
and the referee didn't pull out the red card. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with this new gamesmanship rule. But look, Stuart, well, yeah, the less said uh, about him, the better. But look, Rodri, for example, yesterday, the fact that he didn't get booked, it astounded me, to be honest. But look, we're not going to complain about referees because then people are going to be talking about the fact that all we do is complain. We're going to prove you on the pitch. We're going to win football games and we're going to have a successful uh, season by uh, proving that we're the better team on the pitch and we will do so. Um, Damien says, I wanted Kai Havertz to score so bad. My front three, Saka, Trossard and Havertz. Martinelli not playing well and Trossard deserves a chance. Fair enough. Look, I think it's a, it's an opportunity against Nottingham Forest to basically lay down a marker. I think it's a great game to start the Premier League season and that's not me jinxing it, touch wood, but a great game. 12.30 game uh, at the Emirates. Hopefully, it's a nice summer's day. I say that because it's been raining a lot and it's it's August. So, hopefully, a nice summer's day, an opportunity to uh, strut, our, strut our stuff uh, on the Emirates pitch and hopefully get a few goals and get start the season off in, in the right way. So, look, let's see what happens uh, on the weekend. Uh, but we're going to wrap up there. Um, I've taken enough of you guys' time, 50 minutes or so. Um, but look, enjoy that game, enjoy that victory, enjoy that trophy because it is a trophy. Don't let anyone tell you different, whether you're at university, whether you're speaking to your friends, um, whatever. Enjoy that trophy because it is a big trophy, uh, is an opportunity where we prove that we are capable of meeting Manchester City and enjoy it because Arsenal are going to be there and there again. For the upcoming season but yeah if you have enjoyed the show folks drop a like uh we've got a great interview taking place um this thursday uh with a big arsenal fan so i'm not gonna reveal it yet um but it should be a good watch it should be a good watch so we've got a podcast with a big arsenal fan um i think many of you will know him so it, it should be interesting viewing um that so but yeah if you have enjoyed the show folks uh make sure to drop a like uh comment um and keep following us down the arsenal way <laughs> <laughs>